Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Digital Citizen episode number 264. Ooh, ah, ooh, almost uh, got me out of uh, the groove there. Uh, hi Luke. Hi Fro, hi everybody. How's it going? It's uh, going okay. Uh, like I said to you, I woke up an, an hour ago because I'm a nappy nap, lazy bastard today. So I feel I kind I kind of feel uh, unprepared, even though I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't feel quite prepared this week, but it's just because I had a super busy week doing a lot of other things. But. Uh... I'm prepared for everything except for I didn't watch as much TV as usual, but I think it's just because, what, the last month there's been so much TV to watch, and this week it was kind of slowed down, and like new shows, and I watched a lot of, I caught up on a lot of stuff instead of watching new stuff, yeah. I did not see that much new stuff either, funny enough. Uh, Now, this week week has been kind of strange, it has been a very YouTube heavy um, week for me. I usually don't do that and also uh, I will talk more about it uh, in the TV round but uh, I've caught up on Norwegian TV. Uh, I don't usually do that but there are some like TV shows from Norway that I have been wanting to watch this year that I haven't seen. I see enormously little Norwegian TV. Uh, one, because it's bad, and <laughs> two, because I don't re- I really don't care about uh, Norwegian television. Norwegian television is is somewhat bad. I've seen a Norwegian movie, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's talk about, uh, the thing you and me saw together, uh, this week. Uh, one of the things that we saw together this week. Uh, the final U.S. presidential debate, uh, debate number three. Uh, well, oops, no, it was number two. Right. <laughs> uh, final presidential debate, I guess we should say. Uh, yeah. second presidential debate only. Yeah, it, w- it was a debate. It was a lot better than the first presidential debate. I, we can say that much. That's for sure. Yeah. A little too scary, good, to be honest. Um, I think you, you, you and me kind of agree. This was Trump's uh, definitely best debate ever. And I mean uh, both with Clinton and, of course... <laughs> Uh, Biden, but uh, this this was maybe Trump in high gear. Well, it seemed like this was the only debate he's ever like prepared for. It seemed like like right. he actually had prepared statements. He had things he wanted to say. Where every other debate, even with the Clinton debates, he just went in and kind of riffed and just said right. whatever. This one, it seemed like he actually prepared prepared stuff to yeah. like say 
specifically against Biden and to uh, things that he could say that when Biden said one thing, he was ready with with a retort about something else. Um, So in that sense, he he looked he looked more prepared than any other debate. Uh, Did he win the debate? I don't know. The problem I had with this whole debate in general, I think I brought it up when we were watching it, is that it felt like who can out conservative each other? It was like right. <laughs> everything about uh, Iran and everything about Russia and everything about China and everything about North Korea, as far as all those things about foreign policy, it was very much like, oh, Joe wants this, uh, and Joe would be like, no, I'm way farther to the right on, on that than you are, and Trump would be like, no, I'm farther to the right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a who could be the bigger Republican is what I got out of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it, it isn't the most crazy thing I've seen about politics this week, so who the fuck knows? I, I mean, uh, I, I, I can say one thing. Go out and vote. Vote, everybody. Vote, everybody. Vote. Vote, 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 vote. If you haven't voted, please go out and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Yeah. Um, seeing some rumors right now that Jeff Bezos is going to buy CNN, Fro. So that's a thing that's being rumored oh, right, right now. Oh, let's let's hope that's true because that's what we really, really need. I mean, he, already, he owns the Washington Post already. Um, true. So if he owns another newspaper, I mean, right? It's just the an interesting story. I don't know if it's true or not. This is like a rumor right now. We'll see if it actually uh, comes to yeah. fruition next week or maybe even later. But uh, that's interesting, though. And then last night, massive. Uh, riots in Philadelphia over a man getting shot a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a new police shooting. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to say one more thing about voting. Sorry, sorry. That okay. I'm, I'm going back to that. And that is uh, that next time you hear our vo- uh, voices, it is actually too late to vote. Uh, go up and look up on the internet, uh, look at your card, please go out and vote, Be, stay safe, uh, take uh, something around your mouth, be safe, keep the distance, be corona safe, uh, but please go out and vote, it is maybe the most important election in our time, and I'm I'm, I'm sadly not kidding, it, it feels like that, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big things to vote for if you don't if you don't feel comfortable voting for one presidential candidate or another there's plenty of other things to vote for I'm sure in your local ballots and definitely vote for your senators and your congress people in general because those are the people who could really make or break the next four years as well but yeah, talking about uh, Russia Gate and Iran Gate and China Gate and <laughs> every other gate coming out. Uh, Iran and Russia deny accusations that they sent threatening emails to Florida Democrats. Maybe that, that is because they didn't fucking do it, Look, Iranian intelligence 
was responsible for recent campaign emails sent to intimidate Florida voters, the FBI announced Wednesday night, last Wednesday, adding that Russia was also working to influence the election. Iran and Russia officials have denied these claims. The emails which ominously instructed Democratic voters in Florida to switch to the Republican Party purported to come purported to have come from the Proud Boys, a right-wing group in America. But the emails were actually spoofed and ha- had been designed to incite social unrest and damage President Trump, said the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, Radcliffe did not provide any evidence for this attribution. Hmm. Radcliffe did also, also did not explain how the emails were going to damage Trump because they were urging Democrats to switch to the Republican Party. <laughs> so what? <laughs> this is very, like, what? what is going on here? Oh, fucking hell. Many states, including Florida, yeah. make voters information in make voter information, including their names and party affiliations, easily accessible. Uh, both Iran and Russia had obtained some of this voter registration information. Uh, in the same news conference, FBI Director Christopher Ray said there was no way for Iran or Russia intelligence to change Americans' votes. I, I'm, 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 so, I'm so fucking tired of this. You have no fucking clue. It's like it, it feels the 2016 election all over again. I am so 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 tired. Well, I mean, after the debate, what we saw at the debate was that both Trump and Biden agree on going to war with Iran, China, and Russia. They both agree that like those are right. our, our adversaries, is what they call them. Not yes. necessarily that they want to go to war, but they both, whether you're on the Democratic side or the Republican side, they both believe that we have these specific em- enemies. And now, this isn't the Democrats coming out and saying Russia is doing this. It's the Republicans saying they're doing this to hurt Trump. Right. Not saying that it... No, it's not the Democrats saying it's to hurt Biden. It's the opposite. Right. So both parties right. are agreeing. And what I what I say about when the Repu- Republicans and Democrats agree on something, look out. Because you <laughs> as the American people are about to get your screwed over. <laughs> it's when they agree you should be afraid. Right. <laughs> you know, that's sadly, 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 sadly true. Uh, talk about the other things that uh, has been going on last week. We talked about uh, Gislaine Maxwell uh, and uh, uh, some of the documents from her trial coming out. Uh, was it anything interesting in the documents, Look. A uh, couple interesting things. This is this is one of them. Prince Andrew had asked Ghislaine Maxwell for information about the woman who accused him of sexual misconduct while she was underage, the court documents appear to show. The deposition relating to Maxwell's relationship with the late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein has, given, uh, has been given a pass during civil litigation involving the accuser Virginia Gouffre. Uh, this was made in 2016 as Maxwell faced a long list of questions about Epstein. So these... The documents are from 2016. Uh, in the documents, it seems 
yeah, uh, Prince Andrew asked, have you any info? Call me when you have a moment. The recipient's name is redacted, but the subject matter, Gouffre, and timing strongly suggest that this call was from Prince Andrew, which he has right. denied knowing Gouffre or knowing anything about uh, Gouffre. But now we're seeing that he actually called Maxwell asking about Gouffre, basically saying every every t- time that he's denied knowing her, it's obviously he did, and that he was even right. calling Maxwell to find out what was going on with her uh, during this yeah. civil suit. I mean, this nails uh, the final nail in the coffin for Prince Andrew, if you ask me. I mean... This proves once and for all that he has been lying all the fucking time and uh, the lady that has accused him has been right. right. So I, I I think this is great to to be honest. And it also I I understand more why uh, Prince Andrew isn't uh, that interested in working with the FBI and things like that. Because uh, it would surely incriminate him. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, like like it says here, the recipient's name is redacted. Like I said last week, a sure. lot of the names in this got redacted. So um, there's a bunch of info in there that's like, this person did this, but the name's redacted, so we don't know who that name is. And there's other ones in, in the documents like this, where the timing uh, and the content of the call itself show, oh, this has to be Prince Andrew because who else would be asking about this at this time um, to this person, right? Uh, Talking about uh, Prince Andrew's home country, the UK, uh, studies finds that uh, antibody immunity to COVID-19 will... uh, be more uh, after over time. Uh, I think it's less. It says uh, UK less. study finds evidence of waning antibody immunity. Antibodies right. against the coronavirus declined rapidly in the British population during the summer. Study found Tuesday suggesting protection after infection may not last long and raising the prospect of waning immunity. Uh, scientists at Imperial College London have tranked tracked antibody levels in the British population following the first wave of COVID-19. Their study found that antibody prevalence fell from 6% of the population around the end of June to just 4.4% in September. That raises the prospect of decreasing population immunity ahead of a second wave of infections. Uh, Although the immunity of, of coronavirus is complex and murky and may be Assisted by T-cells as well as B-cells, that can stimulate a quick production of antibodies following re-exposure. Researchers said the experience of other coronaviruses suggested immunity might not be enduring. So, uh, I mean, we've covered in the past that we've covered people who have gotten COVID-19 twice, so... Mm. Yeah, and uh, that uh, the body is not protecting people from COVID-19. I mean, that is uh, very, very bad news because 
that means that uh, it has a higher uh, likelihood to keep inside of a country if enough people has it, like the, the United States, for example. Right, if we don't get some kind of vaccine, of course, uh, obviously. Of course. But um, I think this goes against a lot of... A lot of people uh, in America, and then I guess Sweden, have packed the idea of herd immunity and right. the idea that, uh, oh, it's if as once you get sick, then you, you're immune. I think even at the debate, Trump said, oh, I'm, I'm immune, that's what they tell me, I don't know if it's for two weeks or if it's for two months or whatever. He even, right. like, put a time period, like, I'm... I might be immune now, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be immune later. That suggests to me that Trump knows that the immunity doesn't last all that long. And this this uh, test uh, from, what, what was it, the Imperial College of London, uh, it kind of shows that, that, that to be the truth. That, yes, you can be immune after you get it for a certain amount of time, but it doesn't last forever. Um so herd immunity is not a viable um, choice to try to end uh, the pandemic, I guess, is a good point. So in Norway, uh, there has been uh, more and more release of restrictions of corona things. But this week, uh, the Norwegian government actually went back uh, from, like, there's allowed to have like 200 people in one uh, place now back to 50 because guess what numbers in Norway are rising again uh, people are scared uh, of course and it seems like the numbers in Norway is going the wrong way and yeah that is not a good thing. I am getting more and more worried about uh, J- January, to to be honest. Uh, I mean, it's and, not just uh, Norway. It's all over. Spain uh, yep. is imposing a nighttime curfew right now. Uh, it's it's on the rise all over Europe, uh, America. Yep. It's definitely getting worse. We're in a. They're calling it the third peak instead of the third wave, since we never left the first wave. It's like the third right. peak of the first wave in America. And then Italy is also having huge problems uh, or huge rises in coronavirus as well. Yeah, and uh, of course it, that uh, turns into, well, not of course, but uh, not unnaturally it turns into uh, protests uh setting fires and looting luxury stores in the, uh, Italy, because uh, Italy is probably uh, very famous for some some very, like, high couture clothing. Let's go to, into this. Clashes were reported in the northern uh, cities such as Torin, where pet, uh, petrol bombs were thrown as, at officers, in Milan, tear gas was used at, to despair protesters, and thousands of people gathered in the center of Naples. Demonstrations b- began soon after the national government ordered uh, to close restaurants, bars, gyms, and cinemas come to effect uh, at 6 o'clock local time. 
many regions has also imposed nine time curfew, including Lombardy, where Milanis, and uh, Piedmont, where Turin is. The war, uh, the violence was blamed on the extremist uh, aggregators, and the police said 28 people had been uh, arrested in Mil- Milan alone. Protesters took uh, about a dozen uh, cities, including Rome, Genoa, Palmero, and Trieste. Taxi drivers occupied a central square in Turin, while restaurant owners beat pots and pans in the center of. Kermona. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's massive protests. Uh, these are anti-lockdown protests, um, obviously. And these are happening, I mean, they happened in America, what, months and months and months ago, and they've happened in other places. I don't think so much, I haven't really heard about them in Norway. Have you heard about any anti-lockdown demonstrations no. in Norway? Okay. No. People are too scared. I think it might just be like a a cultural thing. Like certain um, groups of people in these different countries. Uh, like I'm guessing more than likely that just like in America, the people who are in Italy who are protesting are, are more far right uh, or, or more right leaning than they are left leaning is my guess. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, and I mean, the, the, especially when Germany is also, like, closing now, uh, and uh, France also awaits a decision on closing things down again. So, it's, In this article it says, it's a mix of far-right and far-left agitators, organized crime groups, and of course bored football hooligans who have a sense who have sensed an opening <laughs> to loot to right. loot shops and clash with police. Yeah, bored so football hooligans. Are, <laughs> they're, they're tired of not having a football game to to destroy, so they they're like, oh, Corona, okay, sure, that can be our new football. Yeah, football yeah. hooligans can be kind of terrifying, actually, if you've seen... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen pictures of what happens sometimes in those events. Uh, yeah, I've been to a match uh, where there were hooligans, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, um, to turn completely around from one deadly thing to another deadly thing, because... There are some murder hornets bah, 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 uh, that have been destroyed in the U.S. of A.I.E. Right, this is the first murder hornet nest found in Washington. Uh, crews in Washington State worked Saturday to destroy the first nest of the so-called murder hornets discovered in the U.S. The state's agricultural department had spent weeks searching, trapping, and using dental floss to tie tracking devices to the giant hornets which can deliver yeah. painful stings to people. The nest was found near the city of Blaine uh, next to the Canadian border and is about the size of a basketball the, the nest was and contained about 100 to 200 hornets according to the scientists. Uh, crews wearing thick protective suits vacuumed the invasive insect from the cavity in the tree into large canisters. Uh, the tree was cut down and it 
to extract newborn horns and learn if any queens had left the hive already. Scientists said official the official suspect more nests may be in the area and they will keep searching. Okay. I I will watch the internet today. They talked about this and they talked about some botched experiments they had with using super glue. And uh, when they had used super glue, uh, uh, the hornet was uh, uh, they spilled it on the wings so the hornet couldn't even fly. And that was also why they used dental floss. Uh, yeah, and I think um, a lot of people are like, oh, these are terrifying because they can sting you, and it's really painful sting. I mean, they say right. a certain number of them, if they sting you, it could kill you, uh, especially if you're like allergic to something like like that. Uh, but the real problem is that they're inv like an invasive species that could kill off a lot of bees, and bees are yeah, super important yeah. to pollination as far as like pollinating oh. crops for vegetables and everything else so it could be that's the real problem with these murder hornets not necessarily that they're murder hornets i don't remember what country it was i i i in my mind it is maybe australia uh that had a problem uh, kind of like this, with some locusts or, or something that was unnatural in their community. And they decided to set out another like species of, of frogs or something like that, that ate, uh, ate those kind of insects. But the problem became that, that they overpopulated again and <laughs> killed all the normal frogs. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of different things like that in the past. Um, there's been a move to genetically modify uh, mosquitoes so that they could right. overtake mosquitoes that could get different viruses that could move on to people. If you genetically modify the mosquito so that it'll live longer than the other mosquito and not be able to get, say, malaria then you could put that into the system and it would take, that would live longer than the regular mosquitoes and kill them all off. But then what happens is now you have this genetically modified super uh, mosquito right. and what happens yeah. when it yeah. develops a, a disease that then you you can't fight like you could malaria or something like that. Yeah, there's always, um, there was a movie like last year about the mosquito thing. I don't, I think it was on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, hey, um, what would you steal to take down a Trump sign? I don't really care too much about signs on the road or whatever, but I never even really notice them, to be honest. But some people do, <laughs> <You> apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, because Florida! Finally! Florida again! I love Florida news. Uh, Florida man steals bulldozer to dig up Biden yard signs. A man uh, stole a backhoe and rampaged across central Florida town, destroying several front yards and multiple Biden-Harris campaign signs, according to the Haines City <laughs> Police. Uh, James Blight, 26, 
26 actually younger than I thought this guy was going to be. I, <laughs> yeah. Something made me think he was going to be like 45, 50, somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was arrested and charged Saturday with Grand Theft Auto and trespassing with additional charges possible in the future. Mike Ferguson, public officer for the city Haines, or the Haines City Police, said in an email Monday, uh, Blight told police that he had been drinking whiskey all day and did not remember most of the day. He said he couldn't help. <laughs> he said he couldn't help but hit the Joe Biden signs and acknowledged to taking down a fence in the process. Blight said he did not know how to operate the equipment. Wow. <laughs> Ferguson said the investigators learned that Blight took out a private chain link fence and several political signs. It's absurd that the grown man could think that he had the the right to destroy someone else's property. Right. That was from the chief yeah, of police. So. You have to be pretty drunk not to fucking remember that you did that. I have a feeling that this doesn't have anything to do with the Biden signs at all. <laughs> right. Me as well. I think yeah. they just added that because it's like good for the headline and everything, but I almost yeah. think that this is all just a ploy by Florida to keep people from moving to Florida. They just... <laughs> They were like, we haven't had some crazy Florida guy in the news in, like, weeks. So get yeah. send James out there to run over some stuff with a bulldozer <laughs> so that people don't move here because they haven't seen anything terrible about Florida in two weeks. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, I wonder if you're right about that. Because <laughs> you, are, you are actually quite right because we haven't heard about, like... Florida in months. It's like, uh, finally, there's a Florida story. And it also just seems like this guy didn't even realize what he was doing, like, let alone that he was running over Biden-Harris signs. I think he was just, there just happened to be Biden-Harris signs there, and he was just <laughs> right. totally blacked out drunk driving a backhoe, which apparently he didn't even know how to operate, but somehow did. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that is maybe what surprises me the most. Is like, he didn't know how to fucking drive it, and then he did drive it. That's anyway. like some drunken master shit. Like, you don't know how to do something, and then you get really, really drunk, and all of a sudden you can just do it. Like Neo from The Matrix, uh, when it gets plugged in, yeah. and they teach him how to do karate <laughs> with the thing. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you think you're like superhero, and then you're like, "Oh, I can fly! I can fly!" Um, hey, I don't want to be the problem. Do you want to be a problem? Uh, no, not really. Well, don't be the problem. Tron is going to tell the truth about that. This is Tron. Tron tells the truth. These are one of those days I'm going to repeat myself, because they're happening things who just prove what I already said a thousand times. Go and vote. Yes. And you know why? Because... Oh shit, why do I have to even fucking explain you why? The Supreme Court today stopped early voting in Wisconsin. Yeah, Supreme Court did. Conservative judges stop people from early voting by mail. Why? Yeah, guess fucking why? Because they don't want people to vote. They don't want Democrats to vote. And they don't want to lose their power. That's the funny thing about how conservatives does it. When they get power, they cheat 
the system. They make the system so nobody else can take them, their powers away, even if they win the election. Therefore, you have to vote. I didn't like Hillary. I don't never liked Hillary a lot. But she was the best candidate in 2016. A lot of people said, oh, that's the same thing. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the same thing at all. Even this week, a, f a new Supreme Court judge was, was elected by Donald Trump. Would you like to have the Senate? Even if you didn't vote for Hillary in 2016, why in the fuck did you vote for the Senate? With a Democratic Senate, you could have stopped more conservative judges. Now you have conservative judges who can stop people from voting. They can suppress the voting system. Yeah, but who did not help if you got 50 or 60 or 5,000 Bernie Sanders? If the conservative win more, you will not get them elected. Again, I have to take the example from Norway and a lot of other countries. When the Nazis gained power in Europe or exactly in Germany, it wasn't because they had the majority. The best election they did, I think, was like 35%. So how did they get the power? Yeah, they did get the power because the other side couldn't agree about anything. They would not compromise. And they couldn't get things to work together on anything. It's never going to be a savior in this election. It's never going to be a savior in any election. And I can still refer to that old segment I had about Norwegian social system. And listen to this. If you think your politicians are asshole with a big horrible past, well, take a look at what I have to tell you right now. After the war, the Norwegian Prime Minister come directly from a concentration camp. Yeah. Even Winston Churchill have fun with the Norwegian cabinet because they were early concentration camp victims. Could those people say, like, oh, sh we're gonna don't, we don't gonna give a shit. We're gonna suppress everybody. We, we're gonna just take the power and just, we're gonna never work with other people who made us wrong or who disagree with us. Or, because the business side in Norway, some of them work with the Nazis. But again, we have to compromise, even with assholes. Yeah, sometimes you just have to do. The European Union started in the 50s between two nations who not many years before had been in the most horrible war in mankind. They started the European Union. They built it in the 50s. They built it in the 60s and so on and so on. In the first decades, it was with people who collaborated in the war on both sides. Yeah, think about that. And you can get your act shit together about, <laughs> about Joe Biden's past or Hillary Clinton's past. We have worked over the borders with shithole, asshole, fascists and all kinds of shit in Europe to build a better society. Compromise is shit, but something needed to do it. I see memes on the internet like they say that communism or Russians saved, saved Europe. But they were not good people either. They were Stalinists. They were communists who conquered half of Europe in for 40, over 40 years. And suppressed most of the East European countries. But during World War, we had no other option because we had to think 10 
steps before us. That's how politics works. That's how you win. What would you say if United States and Britain in 1940 said that, no, we're not going to work with Russians because they are bad people. Do you think we have democracy today? This is Trump Trump tells the truth. Thank you, Trump. Uh, no, I will not be the problem. Uh, I do vote. Uh, did I say go and vote? Oh, go and vote. Right, yeah, I voted. I mean, I, talk, I said that last week. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Tron uh, kind of relating current politics back to pol the politics of 1940. I've heard a lot of this mm -hmm. lately, like relating uh, this uh, Russia stuff to like uh, the Cold War Russia stuff and relating things to like old politics. 1940 fro was 80 years ago. Think about that. That was yeah. almost a century yeah. ago. It's weird yeah. to think about, but like, can we relate current day politics in any way back to like a century ago when now we have like computers? Every, the technology is so much different. I watched a TV show this week uh, that was based in the 1940s and looking at how they treat kids in, uh, well, we'll talk about it in a second, but how they treat kids back then, like orphans, I don't, you probably know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Think about how yes. they treated orphans <laughs> in the 1940s compared to how they're treated now. And yeah. to, to try to, like, relate anything to, like, the 1930s or 40s to today is, like, it's almost laughable to try to compare the things to me. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Am I coming off clear in any way whatsoever? I, I understand what you mean. But I, 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 I feel like... Uh, I mean, we have come so far, and I know I know of a lot of boomers. I I know, sorry, sorry out there if you're a boomer. Uh, that that's like, oh, everything was so good before before everything was good. Like, and I see how uh, far technology has gotten us and things like that. I do think there's things that was better back then that kind of we don't have now but i don't want to live in the 40s right yeah I, well I, I just think it it's like comparing apples and oranges or comparing like one one planet to another planet like looking at the 1930s sure. compared to looking at the two two thousand to 2020 and comparing like the lifestyles of how people lived, the way what people did with their day, and uh, mm. how families were treated, and everything else, uh, it's like comparing two different planets. It's like comparing an alien species to an, a different alien species. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah, not the same animal to me. No, I, I agree. Hey, ho, let's go. I uh, don't know where that came from. Uh, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, 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 at podcast ADC, at podcast ADC. We have a Facebook group. Use it. Uh, and abuse it. Uh, it's another digital citizen on Facebook. That's another digital uh, citizen on Facebook. Write many things about QAnon and get us banned. <laughs> right? Yeah. That would be funny, actually. I would laugh yeah. at that. Yeah. 
writes conspiracy theories on there that you you are a hundred and ten percent sure that it's not true. Yeah, th- that would be funny. There's a lot of talk of censorship in the last few days as well. Uh, oh uh, yes, surrounding QAnon, and then there was the hearings today. Uh, I think it had Mark Zuckerberg, what the the Twitter guy, and then also the Google CEO were all all like being. Uh, interrogated by the U.S. government today. I don't know if you saw any of that. Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, but I I heard about it. Yeah. And uh, PewDiePie kind of got shadow banned, maybe, kind of. Yeah, weird, weird week. Uh, Anyway, uh, TV round. Uh, Let's let's start with the show I'm pretty sure that you maybe didn't watch. uh, Because I've seen five shows this week. I've seen The Con. Uh, The Con. This is voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. It's a documentary show about people being conned. uh, Oh, okay. In different ways. Uh, I have seen two episodes. I like it. I, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting stories about interesting human beings. Especially episode one was interesting. Episode two was uh, so-so. Uh, but yeah, uh, the calm uh, with Whoopi Goldberg. So she does the narration of the show, or she's like a yeah, character? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I watched a lot of Big Brother this week to get caught up because tonight is the finale of U.S. Big Brother uh, All Stars, I guess it's called. So uh, I know you usually like to binge them, so get ready to do that, yeah. Fro. Um, it, it, yeah, so far it's been a good season. They had to use you know the All Stars because of COVID. They needed people that they didn't have didn't have to like uh, put through all the rigors of casting because how were you going to do casting this year? So, of course, they just brought back All-Stars to do a Big Brother season. Uh, But at the end of this last episode I watched, they did say uh, they're doing casting for the next season of Big Brother, like an open casting. So I'm not really sure how they're going to do that with COVID unless they're doing, like, I don't... You know what I mean? How could they... They can't get a convention center open and have a bunch of people show up for a casting. That doesn't make any sense to me. I have no clue. Uh, I saw the Undoing. Did you see this? Uh, no. I think it was on HBO Max, right? Yes. Right. This, this is good. This is really, 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 really good. First episode was definitely... It is very suspenseful. It is, it is with Nicole Kidman uh, and Hugh Grant... Uh, from Notting Hill and also prostit- prostitution. Mm-hmm. That up. Um, <laughs> for people that don't know. That was a long time ago, so probably a lot of people have forgotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I really, really like this. Uh, this is a uh, 9 out of 10. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I know you... Are you being biased in any way just because you love Nicole Kidman by any chance? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw the Connors, <laughs> the Connors season three, episode one. Uh, this show is back without Roseanne, of course. Roseanne without Roseanne. Yes. Uh, I am being biased, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, 
this first episode of the Connors, uh, they were covering. Uh, it was all about COVID nineteen, and then uh, their family being impacted by by it. Like uh, they get subpoena, uh, not subpoena. What do they call? It? Uh, where somebody shows up at your house? Oh, gets served. Right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And then the their house payment is coming up, and both the girls lose their jobs, and they're both try- out in the. Uh, the job line trying to trying to find work at this local plant and then it turns out that they uh end up getting a job at the factory from the very first season of Roseanne where Roseanne worked okay. if you remember okay. the first season of Roseanne when she worked at this like nope. factory <laughs> yeah in the first season of Roseanne she worked in a factory with her sister and it was all like Roseanne was all about uh, her working at this factory and uh, kind of her being a blue collar worker and it morphed into what we think of as Roseanne today but this kind of brought it back to the first season which I thought was kind of cool in a way but also why are they reminding us that Roseanne was in the show but whatever uh, overall I'm going to give this first episode of the third season a 7 it was fun but it's still just you know a normal silly American sitcom right and that I will Probably never watch. Um, what should I go to next? Should I talk about some Norwegian television shows I've seen this week? Sure. Uh, uh, you have, I think you've seen an episode of this. Uh, uh, Starfight. Uh, I, I've, I've at least shown you some... Uh, video clips of it of uh, it's celebrities, okay. uh, singing celebrities, most of them that are uh, like singing things they usually can't sing. Uh, there is a group, new group every year, okay, uh, and they have to like go through different uh, genres of music. Like one one week there's jazz, uh, one week there's uh, opera, one week there's like. Uh, Norwegian on Norwegian, and they're like all that. different and kinds of singers, or they're all one like they're all country singers, and they all have, or, or are they all different types? They're, they're all different kind of sing, sing, singers. Yeah. Okay. Are there uh, so is there is, like a Norwegian rapper in there by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the rapper was amazing at rapping, of course. Right. But it's also like it's it's a pretty uh, like uh, I have seen where. Uh, episodes were because every every week uh, one go out and uh, uh, you have to like at the end of the show you like you 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 get the ultimate entertainer as they call it the the one that has is good at everything like right every kind of uh, singing so I have seen where people have had their special. Uh, genre where they uh, should be the best and have been voted out because they didn't do uh, as good as uh, everybody was thinking they should do. Okay. Anything else Norwegian? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I've seen and I've seen a lot of that. Uh, so that's uh, the Norwegian thing I've seen. Yeah, I watched a lot of YouTube as well this week. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. there was a bunch we'll of really good podcasts. There's another really good podcast out today that we'll talk about in the Jeremy round that I haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but uh, it just came out, so I'm not surprised. 
And then the last thing, <coughs> I'm assuming we both saw The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Yes. Uh, I have waited about that, yeah. Because I, I, need, I knew that you, you had seen it uh, because of what you said. I am a chess fan. Uh, you're not, so I will let you go first. I mean, I don't... I'm, I like chess. Well... <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't say I... Right, I wouldn't say I'm like a chess fanatic, but I wouldn't say I'm. Right, you made it sound like I hate chess. Like I'm like no, no, no. Right, no, no. Uh, for for new listeners, I'm a very, very. I love chess. Right, you watch the tur- the whole tournaments and everything like that. I just right. I don't. I'm not that into it exactly. Uh, chess is interesting. It's fun. It, it can be fun to watch, especially if it's somebody that's really good. I actually think. Lots of times when you're watching a chess match that's two really good players, sometimes that can be the most boring chess match. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. But this show, getting back to mm-hmm. the Queen's Gambit, I thought was very good. I thought it was well yeah. acted. The, the main character, child actor, is very good young actor. Very good. Especially for being a child. Um, a lot of other really interesting characters as well. Some little bit stereotypical, like the school marm. You know what I mean? That's so incredibly yeah. stereotypical 1940s school marm. Uh, and the evil person being very evil and kind of things like that. Right, and then, you know, the guy in the basement who is the scruffy yeah. old man who lives in the basement. is <laughs> like, okay, these, a lot of these things are very stereotypical, but the story is very interesting. I like that it starts out kind of, you know where it's going because in the first, what, five minutes of the show... They show you where it's going uh, yes. with her in the future, and then they go back in time and show you her uh, growing up. Um, and at least the episodes I saw, I saw three ep- or two episodes. They both had pretty okay. good cliffhanger endings. I'm not sure. I don't think there's that many episodes of this. How many did you see? Uh, I saw every episode. Okay. Uh, let me let me look. I will look for you. I mean, the overall, I probably give this show a eight. Um, I have to see where it goes. Well, I guess I don't really have to see where it goes because they showed me where it went right in the opening <laughs> credits or the opening yeah. of the show. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, seven episodes. Oh okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't seem like this is gonna be a ten episode series because the first two episodes at least were a full hour. They weren't like right. even a forty-two minute kind of like TV hour. It was the full full hour long episode, which I thought was cool uh there's a lot of content there if anybody's interested i mean overall what it what would you give it from i really really love this i think i i my expectations for this was super high i had read the book it's based on book uh i love the book uh and i think this is a better filmation than it's a book to be honest and that's very very rare um i think this is a nine for me to be honest i think the acting in this is amazing i think where she's going is very interesting i think like uh, what what you say is is right. I I think some of the characters get a little too uh, cartoonish <laughs> uh, sometimes, 
but uh, yeah, no, even I, I, I recommended this to my dad, and I said, I, I, you don't have to like chess to like this. I think you get some more out of this if you kind of know some chess history and things like that, because right. there's there there are some some things that that is kind of interesting, you know. But yeah, no, this this is one of my favorite shows uh, in quite a, a while, so I give it a nine. Okay. Uh, anything else you saw other than yeah? Okay. The last thing I saw was Blood of Zeus. This is a thing on Netflix that is an anime look. Okay. This is the best anime I have ever seen in my entire life. I really, really fucking respect this. This had absolutely no right being this good. <laughs> it okay. is bl- bloody gory. The animation is uh, like either, either you're going to fucking hate it or you're going to love it. I loved it. It is very like oldish, cartoonish anime style, uh, but the story of this is so cool. It is uh, about this heron guy uh, in Greece and uh, discovers that he's one of Zeus' sons, and like how his destiny is like. Uh, uh, saving the world uh, uh, from like demons of of the world and things like that. Okay. I fucking love this. I'm going to give it nine and a half for an anime show from a, a person that don't care about anime show at fucking all. Blood of Zeus on Netflix. All right. The other thing we saw. Uh... Woke, episode 7, uh, second yeah. to last episode, which is called Prayers for Cubby, which should be a quick trip across town, instead turns into the bus ride from hell. <laughs> this, was, this was a great episode, I thought. Uh, what'd you think? <laughs> Such a good episode. Such a good episode. Again, again, I, I love this show. I really, really love this show. It does when... It went from, eh, this is okay, to one of the shows that I'm looking forward to see every week. Uh, well, yeah, we only have one episode left, but this episode... I know. Uh, they're going across town in a bus, and there's a koala that escapes from the <laughs> zoo, and they're not allowed to get out of the bus because they're in the part of the town where... Supposedly, the police have seen this koala, and they're worried that it's dangerous and could hurt people, so everybody's stuck on the bus. And they realize the people they're stuck on this bus with are basically horrible people, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think the moral of this episode kind of was, on the bus, there's this one homeless guy, and at the beginning, before he gets on the bus and he's asking for change, and then they get stuck on this bus, and everybody's giving money online to this koala being like, oh, this cute koala, he needs our money to help help him out so he can, uh, what did they say, so we can feed him, right? But they, 
then there's this homeless guy in the back of the bus that nobody gave any change to when he got on the bus, right? That's kind of the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I I showed I showed you uh the uh the koala prank, right? I don't know. Maybe from ITV. Where, oh yeah, you have. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, and I I I kind of uh, I kind of snickered because like uh, uh, I was so hoping they were going to go with a drop bear uh, thing there, but no. But uh, yeah, no. I I I really like this episode. Uh, again, not as m- much cartoons as the other. Uh, episodes well more than the last episode though because it at least had one sure. big one and this actually i think yeah. they integrated it better than the other episodes because yeah uh we see that he sees this talking bible right but nobody else mm-hmm. in the bus can see it and so he's ends up being the guy who's the crazy person on the bus that's talking to himself because he's like the stereotypical you know crazy guy on the bus talking to himself now uh which i thought they integrated that part of it better than I guess any other episode so far. I agree. Yeah. No, and that's what I liked about it as well. And the com uh, the comedy meshed together with like kind of the message of it at the same time. It's mm-hmm. the the message of uh oh the kind of woke socially political people not really giving a shit about homeless people. Uh Mixing together with the comedy in this episode, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I would give it an 8. Next week, we will uh, get to the last episode, and we will also tell you what new show we're going to watch. I'm strangely not looking forward to the last episode because of what we've seen in the first four minutes, but maybe the rest of the episode's great, and we can't... We can't uh, deny that every episode has been better than the previous episode, so hopefully no. the last one continues that trend, and this is just a great show overall. Okay, Luke, let's uh, talk about talking to aliens. Um, Ashtar. Uh, who's Ashtar? Uh, Ashtar is a name given to an extraterrestrial being excuse me, or a group of extraterrestrial beings, which a number of people have claimed to have channeled. Uh, George Van Tassel was likely the first to claim to receive an Ashtar message in 1952. Since then, many different claims about Ashtar have appeared in different contexts. Yeah. This is interesting because I have to be completely honest with you. I have never ever heard about this before this week. Uh, before you said it was going to be a main topic, uh, and when you started sending links to me, it got more and more and more interesting. Yes, it's very wild. Uh, the Astar movement <laughs> is studied by academics as a prominent UFO religion, uh, and it seems like it's not what what. From what I've seen in, in our, my research this week, it's not really, um, let's say, a cohesive religion, or it's not, like, centralized. No. Like, it's no. All, like there's all these different groups that are following Ashtar, but none of them seem to, like, talk to each other, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, we'll definitely right. get into that when we go into, like, the website. 
uh, yeah, I guess Von Tossel, uh, it says here, as one of the founding fathers of the modern religious ufologies, Von Tossel also created arguably the prominent UFO group established in the U.S. in the late 1940s, early 1950s. Although not as influential or well-known today, this was called the Ministry of Universal Wisdom, which began in 1953, which evolved out of two previous groups he had organized at Giant Rock in 1940s. Organization investigation and encouraged the healing arts, but its prime focus was to collect and analyze UFO phenomena and interview contactees. Uh, due to the radio and television interest, Van Tassel became a well-known promoter of contactees experiences and somewhat of a celebrity in the 1950s. Uh, he claimed to receive message via tele telepathic communication from Ashtar in 1952. This source became the first metaphysical superstar of the flying saucer age. Van Tassel also Ooh. interpreted the Christian Bible in terms of extraterrestrial intervention in the evolution of the human race and claimed that Jesus was a being from outer space. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> if Jesus is real, <laughs> that he would be uh, from outer space, I guess. I mean, we've talked about the idea of Jesus being an alien before, right? At least a little sure. bit. Yeah. And this guy just was one of the first people to, like, kind of suggest it all the way back in 52, 1952. It says he also claimed to... He could access the universal... Universal mind. He could receive message from not only Ashtar, but from, but also from humans who had died, such as Nikola Tesla. Tesla, he claimed, could receive instructions to build the inter, interatron, integratron, a machine which could sure. extend your lifespan and access knowledge from the past and the future. We're gonna have. I'm gonna have to save that and cover that in the future. <laughs> oh, definitely. That sounds like a very fun topic. Uh, why don't you go into the Ashtar Command section down there? Sure. As the weekly uh, channeling session at the Giant Rock continued through the early 1950s, the concept of an Ashtar Command was appropriated by using a number uh, of prominent early content, uh, contact, contacts and channels based on the figure Ashtar, original uh, prominent by Van Tassel. Uh, Robert Short, uh, a.k.a. Bill Rose, editor of the 1950s UFO magazine Interplanetary News Digest. That sounds like a newspaper I wanted to... <laughs> to read. It sounds like um, something was, that you would see right next to the grocery store, ne next to like Weekly World News or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Was a member of Van Tassel's group. He began to popularize the message, but as uh, Van Tassel did not agree that other Ashtar message was authentic, Short uh, broke away and began his own group called Ashtar Command. By the mid-1950s, the concept of Ashtar and Galactic Law Enforcement Agency prepared an 
imminent uh, rescue of humanity had become well established and included a, a various well known uh, exot- esoteric esoteric channeling of the era. For instance, Elus Molière uh, predicted that the space fleet would arrive uh, in the near future. And Adeline J. Brown claimed that the Flourish civilization existed on other planets in our solar system. That could be true. However, as time and scientific knowledge progressed, the public failure of this prediction had an enormous negative impact of the expansion of Ashtar Command due to the lack of central authority that could undertake uh, damage control. That's a good place also, to stop. I think, yeah. I think like that's the point here is like there is there was never any central kind of group that was running this. It would like there was a guy that was like a channeler, but then there were right. all these other people who were also uh, doing other predictions around Ashtar in the 1950s. Uh, and then it says here, the Ashtar Command evolved into a movement that had no central authority for several decades up until the mid-1990s and has been de- described as described as the company, the common property of dis- diffused New Age spiritualistic m- m- milieu. Uh, during this time, the teaching cl- teachers claiming to be channeling from the Ashtar varied immensely. Part of this movement... Uh, metamorph- metamorphosized into Guardian Action International and Guardian Activation International. Uh, Gruchlos, who refers to Ashtar Command as a worldwide network of several loosely organized groups, describes much of the Ashtar channeling as akin to cargo cults due to the blending of spiritual ascension with new new alien technologies, and ecologically harmless energies. Okay, so that's kind of what this whole group... I don't know what to call it. It's not really a... It's kind of a religion, but not really. And it's not really a group. It's not really a... Because it's all these different people kind of under the same banner, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. So, in 1971, a British radio talk show devoted to UFOs received a strange call-in claiming to originate from outer space, which some guests believed to be genuine. This turned out to be the prelude for the 1977 Southern Television broadcast interruption uh, from a voice calling itself Virilion Fro. Yeah, let's talk about the 1977 Southern Television broadcast interruption. Because I have seen it, and it is cray-cray. Well, let's play a little bit of it. I got the video right there if you want to play a little bit of it. I would love to play some of it because it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty fun thing to, to, to watch. <laughs> okay, what so if you want to watch... Uh, let's just w- watch it from the beginning. We're not going to watch all of it. It's like six minutes long, sure. so that's a little too long. But we'll listen to the beginning part of it. At least get into when Virilion starts talking. If you look up 1977 yeah. Alien Broadcast live on BBC on YouTube, uh, it's a from Collective Revolution. That You'll be able to find the video there. So go ahead and give me a countdown for all. In three, 
Three, two, one, go. nationalist leader, Bishop Abel So this is just a news broadcast. ...to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the... The background really reminds me of Monty Python fake news sets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now the screen is going all crazy. Uh-huh. Something strange. Like old school it, TV static when you if you'd have rabbit ears back in the day. What is this saying, Lord? Uh, I'll. I don't want to talk over it too much. We're seeing like different images now on the screen, other than the guy. It seems like there's like riot footage or something. Yeah. The screen's going all crazy. When I first watched this, I was like, this is fake. <laughs> but it is. That is what is the best about this. Is it's it is not fake, <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's uh, talk it up there. Okay. Yeah, like, if you were to just kind of be, you're just cruising around YouTube and you just happen to scroll across 1977 alien broadcast live on BBC and you watch this six minute video, you would go away from it probably going, that was silly. That was a silly fake YouTube video, right? Yeah, and it isn't fake. So go into the wiki of Southern Television Broadcast Interruption from. Yeah, because this is this is what is so interesting about this. And I fucking did not this is the part of this i did not know anything about and uh, i'm i'm yeah it, it is it was a major broadcast interruption it occurred uh 5 10 on november uh 1977 through the uh, hannington transistor of the independent broadcast uh, authority uh, and uh, on Saturday uh, 26th, uh, 1977 Southern TV's Andrew Gardner was presenting early evening news at uh, 7.10 the TV picture rubbed slightly followed by a deep bass the audio was replaced by a distorted voice delivering a message for almost 6 minutes the hoaxer uh, claimed that to be a virulent, who knows it, if, if it was a hoax, because nobody never knows. A representative of Ashtar Galactic Command reports of the incident vary, some calling it the speaker Virilian or Gillian or other Ashtron. Um, can you talk me a little to the transcript of this, Luke? Yeah, it's pretty long, but uh, it starts... This is the voice of Virilion, a representative of Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years, you have seen us at 
as lights in the sky, we speak to you now in peace and wisdom and have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid disaster which threatens your world mm -hmm. and the beings on your on our worlds around you. This is an order you, you may share in the great awaken, awakening as the planet passage passes into the new age of Aquarius. Why would an alien know what the age of Aquarius is, by the way, Fro? <laughs> the age of Aquarius. Who <laughs> you knows? They, alien, these alien creatures uh, also happen to believe that every 12 years, or every every month, uh, whatever, 12 times a year, everybody has the same, like, uh, future prediction and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I, don't, I just have a hard time believing aliens believe in astrology, I guess is my point. <laughs> um... <laughs> Here's a little. Here's the explanation from the yeah. the independent broadcasting authority. At the time, the Hannington UHF television transmitter was unusual in being one of the few main transmitters which rebroadcast an off-air signal receiving received from another transmitter rather than being directly fed directly. As a consequence, it was open to. to signal intrusion as even a relatively low-powered tra transmitter very close to the rebroadcast re receiver could overwhelm its reception and the intended signal. The IBA stated to carry out a hoax like this would take a considerable amount of technical know-how and the spokesman for Southern Television confirmed a hoaxer, hoaxer had jammed our, signal, our, our transmitter in the wilds of North Hampshire by taking another transmitter very close to it, the hoaxer has still never been identified. Yeah, so maybe it wasn't a hoax. Maybe well, they didn't... Was... Right, they just said a transmitter took over our broadcast. Like, they didn't say yeah. it was uh, from... Amer from uh, uh, I almost said America. From the Earth. Uh, they, they just said it, it took over our signal. Yeah. So maybe it's real, Luke. It says, The incident caused some local alarm and attracted publicity. In the next day's Sunday newspaper, uh, the IBAA confirmed it was the first time such a hoax transmission had been made. Hundred, hundreds of worried viewers flooded Southern Television with calls on, on that Saturday night after The Voice interrupted the routine news program. Yeah. So it was a big deal, like, at the time. Uh, reports even carried worldwide with news, uh, news, numerous American newspapers picking up the story and UPI uh, press agency also. So this was big news, like, around the world, but, like, I'd never heard about this till today. I mean, I wasn't alive in 1977, though. That is an issue. Right. Uh, me neither, believe it or not. I uh, wasn't alive in 77. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this 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 part of it makes this even better in my in my eyes because we have this like material to go to and look at because it kind of it it it, it proves absolutely nothing other than that uh, people or aliens are 
so important uh, to go to a, a, a step to get this out. And if it was a hoax, why would it be this message? Why wouldn't you go like like uh, something else, like really like out there? Why was it this thing? Like, why was it this thing? Well, somebody, to me, I think it definitely was done by, uh, well, a human, I guess, right? Uh, Mostly because of the astrology thing. Like, I think that was a bit of a misstep on their part. Uh, Sure. But let's pretend, it says here, uh, in an independent article, actually, about this, perhaps they thought it was real, and Virilion, the attached... Ashtar Galactic Command really were putting us on notice to sort ourselves out and take uh, our place within the cosmos. When the normal service was resumed, the station apologized for what it called a breakthrough in the sound, but by late night, ITV's own news network was reporting that the strange happening and provided some great copy for the next day's newspapers, which gleefully ramped up the suggestion of panic in the streets as aliens were about to descend upon us. It was, a, of course, a hoax, a prank, and a very sophisticated one, when hacking into a TV network was not all, not the work of just a few minutes on a laptop. Strangely, though, no one ever came forward and claimed responsibility for it, and the episode I remains know. one of those curiosities from the 70s that will perhaps never be explained. I know it was Luke. Who was it? It was the Russians. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, it could have been, I suppose. <laughs> Isn't that always the answer? <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, you got to remember that this is like, somebody would have had to have set up a specific radio transmitter in a specific area where they knew they could uh, hijack this this uh, repeater signal, which is what this su- southern broadcasting station was. Uh, somebody w- went to great lengths to get this broadcast out there for some reason, and then never t- to never take credit for it. So, uh, like you said, there is a problem with this religion, and that is that there is no centralized uh, website out there. Uh, that's why you have found four websites instead of one website this time. Uh, yeah, I mean... I went to, like, try to find, uh, like, the main website for the religion, and there's just multiple... Like, there's way more than four. I just found the four that were, like, the most prevalent or the ones that were still being updated. There were some that hadn't been updated in a really long time, obviously. Uh, But these are, like, the main ones. Ashtar Command Crew dot... What? Net? Yes, dot net. Uh, If you want to go there. Uh, Yeah. It's a fairly okay website. It doesn't look like it's from the 90s like a lot of these ones are. Uh, it's got the tribe it, Do blog. you know what it looks like, Luke? What? It looks like the Scientology website. It does, like, the at least the banner at the top has a very Scientology <laughs> vibe to it. It's got links to blogs, forums, uh, different groups, uh, YouTube video links. Um, not a lot there, really, to go over. So let's go to the second one. Why don't you go? <clears throat> uh, we'll see. 
ashtarontheroad.com from. <laughs> okay, let's go to that. I have everyone uh, up up in 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 one link here, so I'm 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 clipping to uh, uh, different ones. Uh, this is Ashtar. Uh, I'm Ashtar, Supreme Commander of the Galactic Federation. We have millions of ships from all of uh, all over the galaxy. We are uh, united under the banner of love. We are angels, master of light, coming to peace and understandable love. Joy, sorry. Our current mission is to assist Mother Gaia, including you and all of her kingdoms, to shift into the fifth dimension and long-awaited golden age. Does that sound like something we talked about before with somebody named mm -hmm. Von Galt? Uh, mm -hmm. We are working with Sanada, St. Germain, and the entire company of Ascended Masters from your planet. Okay. So, yeah, that, that there's a bunch of other random stuff in here. There's different but it, YouTube links. Yeah, well... One of the things that I wanted to say that they have a 2020 Terra and Rama report. So this is actually this is uh, pretty uh, uh, updated. Yeah, like I said, I I picked the ones that it, it it was created in 2004. If you look at the bottom, but it, it has been uh, updated in 2020. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Let's go to number three, which is. What is this? Ashtarcommand.org. Uh, what? With an eagle, for some reason. Uh, yeah, well, that's just like a scrolling... Different. Those are different, like, uh, pictures. They're just random pictures, yeah. it seems like. Of, of skies that looks like a UFO. And it's very hard to read font because, because it's uh, uh, blue on very light blue. Something that I would never do because it's incredibly hard to write. So read. click on my guides, from. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Al Alexandria's guides, Lord Sananda, Sananda, yeah, and Ashtar command commanders. Okay, we got a guy who looks suspiciously like a uh, white Jesus uh, named Lord. <laughs> Lord Sinanda, but it also yeah, he's all he's, his. He's it, the Christ teacher for the earth. He looks a lot like Jesus, bro. Mm -hmm. But this isn't even a picture; it's like a painting of some type. And then we have this other painting yep. of Commander Ashtar, who looks like I don't know, uh, an extra from a 1950s sci-fi movie. Uh, yep. Commander Corton. Uh, looks strangely like a, an angel, maybe out of some biblical painting. Another. It, it looks. Do you know who it looks like? It is a uh, hundred and ten percent the same picture of uh, uh, angel Moroni that came to Joseph Smith. Yeah, I was thinking it looks like a picture out of uh, um, like some children's book about Christmas, and this would be like the angel. <laughs> You know what I mean in the background. Uh, yeah. Star S Essenia, uh, and she definitely looks like an extra from nineteen fifties movie. Uh, maybe like mm -hmm. the alien princess who the guy ends up marrying. This would be her. 
Uh, oh, by the way, Commander Corton is Ashtar Commander Quadrant Commander Arts and Communication from. So. Mm -hmm. And then you have Commander Solak. Uh, that kind of looks like Joseph Smith uh, mixed with a Western Union guy. Okay. Uh, and then yeah. a canarial who is just a bunch yeah. of clouds. <laughs> And is, of course, the Ashtar Command Quadrant Commander of Business and Economics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Let's go to the last website. Number four is AshtarCommand.com. This, this is my favorite website. This is a weird do website. Know, do you know why? Yeah. <laughs> the pictures. All the pictures of this. Yeah, oh. but if you scroll over the picture... Like, each I know. thing is, like, a different each link. It's actually a very well-put-together website, surprisingly enough. That's why yes. I saved it for last. Like, the airplane is the Ashtar Command blog, and this very strange-looking child with a handlebar mustache, uh, who's a man, who's got a man's face, uh, it's a different... Oh, it's not... That link is broken, apparently. Hmm, Okay. But uh, yeah, you you sent me some videos of this as well, and uh, I mean, people are taking this serious. Uh, I have heard Ashtar uh, songs this week. That was fun. A lot of Ashtar songs. Yeah, out there's there. a there is a band that just called Ashtar Command. I don't know if they yeah. if it's like making fun of it or are they actually part of the group or they believe in it or what, but. Uh... Yeah. I know. Uh, so, look. Where on the crazy scale does this come? Uh, I mean, it's pretty out there. I, I really like the part about the TV station uh, hacking. Yes. That really, like, bumps this thing up for me. I think I'm going to give it an 8, though. It's not, Well, 7.5. Yeah, I, I agree, 7.5, uh, because it's it's almost an 8, but it, uh, I, I agree, if it wasn't for uh, the TV interference, it would probably get a lower score. I think you'd be surprised how much of this stuff is centralized, it seems, in on Pinterest, Fro. Movie news. Let's talk about the movie that uh, you and me watched this week. Uh, Borat 2. I'm going to call it that because the other title is too long. Uh, yeah, Borat lawsuit over Holocaust survivor interview is dismissed by Georgia Judge. Uh, the Georgia Judge has rejected a, a lawsuit filed by the daughter of a Holocaust survivor who alleged that her mother was tricked into appearing... In the Borat sequel, the daughter of Judith e Evans drew, withdrew the lawsuit after a Fulton County, Georgia judge refused to issue an injunction, uh, said Russell Smith, who represented Amazon in the case. The lawsuit was dismissed unconditionally, uh, they said in a statement. The lawsuit is over. Sasha Baron Cohen was deeply grateful for the opportunity to work with Judith Evans whose compassion and courage as a Holocaust survivor has touched the hearts of millions. Okay. Yeah, so let's talk about that movie right away, I guess. Right, on Amazon Prime, obviously. That's why Amazon Lawyer was <laughs> taking this case. Yes. 
what did you think about this movie? It was very funny. Uh, very topical of like the poli political uh, age we are in currently, as far as uh, American political climate. It, it was loosely based on the first Borat movie, where he's Borat, uh, and uh, he's going to America. You know, but other than that, it was all original jokes and everything like that. It didn't feel recycled in any way, if that makes sense, Fro. Mm. Uh, it didn't feel like it was recycled from the first movie. Uh, the character who plays his daughter is pretty fun as far as she... I think she does a good job uh, tricking people into the interviews she does with them just as good as he does. If What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think she was definitely the breakout uh, star of this because we, I had never ever heard about her before. She's a Bulgarian <laughs> film star, like <laughs> I would never ever heard about her before this. So sure, yeah, yeah, no. I think that's why uh, he wanted to use her as well, is because nobody had ever seen her and they don't know who she is. Right. That she's an actress. Uh, and of course, we got to see the part where they were in Washington and they went to the anti-lockdown protest uh, in Washington uh, with a bunch of the Proud Boys and everything else, and he did the song that we had seen got leaked uh, on the internet, what, months ago. Uh, and that part was interesting, but the part right before it was even more interesting because he lived with these two guys for, like, days in character as Borat, uh, which I don't know how these guys had never seen the first movie, right? How did they find these guys? Right. Well, some people has lived under the rock. We we know of somebody that hadn't heard of the Me Too movement, so that's true. Uh, I guess that's yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how do you find the two guys in the world that hadn't ever seen a Borat movie? But yeah, and then he right. goes with those two guys to that to the rally, uh, which we that was the part we didn't get to see, like from the news uh, and videos we had seen online months ago. Uh, and that part was very funny. I, I thought uh, it didn't really come off as he had been there for four days, but that's what I had read. Like right. He was in character with these guys for four days, tricking them into thinking he was on their side and that he was wanted to go to this rally because he had been convinced by the internet that... Uh, you know, that the Democrats were evil, basically. Uh, right. That was kind of my favorite part. I don't know. Any favorite parts for you? Uh, my favorite part was definitely the father-daughter dance. Uh, oh, is, right. At, well, at, the, uh, at the ball. Right. Yeah. That is one of the most disgusting and one of the most funny things I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that was very... <laughs> There was a few parts that were very cringy to watch. It was like really hard to to watch them. But overall, yeah. I thought it was the movie was very funny. I gave it a what did I give it? I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight point five. Okay. What else did you see? The uh, I saw the new Rebecca on Netflix. I didn't think I was going to see this, to be honest, because I'm very, very much uh, a lover of Hitchcock's Rebecca. Uh, it's the one that uh, won him the only 
Academy uh, Awards or Oscars okay. that we got was was uh, Rebecca, and it is one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. But I read that this was more based on the book, and it has gotten pretty good reviews. Okay, cool. I I feel. I feel it is a good adaptation of that story. Uh, I came into it going to be like, uh, I'm not going to like this especially. But yeah, no, I actually did. I think I think maybe it's, uh, it's definitely not better than Hitchcock's uh, classic uh, movie. I would give Hitchcock a 10 out of 10. But I... I Gave this movie a seven point five, and uh, yeah, I do recommend it. I I think it's a good ad- adaptation of the story. Alrighty, so uh, what, the King of Staten Island from. Oh yeah, I like that movie. It was okay. Um, it's about a guy who his life his life is changing. He's he's like the basic millennial, but in Staten Island. Uh, he doesn't know what to do with his life, really. Uh, he's he's kind of got some mental issues that he's trying to get help for, but he nobody will really help him. Uh, he's always trying to figure out like what to do next, but he can't really ever decide. And then his mom decides to kick him out of the house, uh, and what like his life kind of falls apart. Uh, what is this? Got Pete Davidson and who else is in it? Oh, Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. The, Bill Burr was in a very different character than I think you've ever seen him in. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a bunch of other people you'd probably have seen in it. It was okay. I, overall, it wasn't like amazing in any way. I thought it was going to be a oh. little more comedic than it was. Uh, I didn't think it was as funny as I was expecting it to be. I don't know if it was supposed to be. Mm. But overall, I'd probably give this a six. I saw the Norwegian movie direct to Netflix this week called Kadaver or Kadaver or Kadaver or whatever how okay. you would say it in, in English. Um, you know, I hate uh, when I am especially critical when it comes to Norwegian music. Uh, no, or sorry. Uh, movies on on Netflix, right? We talked about this uh, when we were talking about the twenty second of July. You thought I was a little too too skeptical, and I I I I, I agree. It's a better movie than than it probably is. Uh, I fucking love this movie. This was a horror movie that uh, was uh, amazingly paced. Amazing photographic uh, like work, and uh, I really, really loved it. And I was even more shocked when I got to know that this was this person's first movie ever made. Oh, okay. like this was his, the first movie he has ever made. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm going to give it a seven and a half, and I thoroughly recommend it. Okay, anything else? No, that was it. Okay, let's watch the trailer for The Empty Man. Whoa, 20th Century Studios. Hey, wait, we gotta try it. 
Try what? Calling the empty man. Who's the empty man? Oh, I seen this uh, trailer. And you find a bottle. And you know what movie this reminds me of? What? Oh, come on, Mandy, how old are you? Uh, my favorite uh, horror movie of all time. The. What is it called? The other man? The. the and on the third night? Hollow Man? The, the Hollow Man was yeah. a movie. I, I remember not, that. Not that one. The Bye Bye Man! Okay. Yes. You can hear him, can you? One of my least favorite horror movies of all time. Where is this kid from? Uh, Stranger Things, yes? And his message is contagious. I think so. It's like the world's loudest trailer for some reason. Yeah. It's very generic. Very filled with, like, jump scares. I don't like that. It look, yeah, it just looks like a generic horror movie. I mean... Doesn't look like it would be offensively bad, like some other horror movie. Mm. Like it doesn't look super B, but it does look like a normal standard horror movie. So, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? Uh, the Empty Man on the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. Uh, Six point four out of ten on IMDb. Uh, I do not see. Yeah, I got no Rotten Tomato score. Well, I went uh, to uh, Google. Google? Ah, yes! The Empty Man! What a film! This is, uh, uh, of course, your classic supernatural horror movie. But it's also so much, much, much more than that. Ironically, this movie is anything but empty. It's filled with fright, sights, jumps, and even a few little laughs. Believe me, the only thing that will, would be empty after this movie is your lungs from all the acceleration of your experience. This is definitely a movie worth catching COVID for. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what it says there. Uh, uh, there was only one negative experience with the film uh, that the title is just too misleading. It stated above the movie that it was anything but even uh, empty. But I hope the sequel will be called The Full Man 2 and then Even Fuller Man 3, etc., etc., etc. Despite the drawback, this movie definitely is a, a fiver. Banger on the Greg Turkin scale. Never heard of. Of that course, scale. my favorite scale. <laughs> and I believe it is a popcorn classic. Uh, just the time for Halloween. I will also try uh, throw a small pillowcase at you if you take uh, to the theater uh, after the movie is over. Uh, you can fill it with the case of the leftover popcorn and treat yourself. For, from the floor. Five bags! What? Okay, that was random. Yep. Uh, yep. On the Facebook... <laughs> on the Facebook, Anton Kuliak says... Uh, he, he recommends this movie, saying, Captiv Captivating, scary, mysterious. I love this show. 
considering it was the first film I watched in the theater since COVID-19 hit the world with its deadly wind. Every scene of The Empty Man is meaningful, story is believable, and scares are blood-chilling. Actors are great, main characters do a great job telling their stories. I'll watch it again, just give me a little time to cool off. Highly recommend. Uh... But Jessica Bremer does not recommend this movie, saying, Bizarre movie. It was okay until about the last 30. Also, this movie is way too long. I know uh, during the pandemic, we're desperate to get back to, to a form of normalcy. But it looks like it's the same old with uh, horror movie directors making the same long, drawn-out, boring flicks. This movie was... Uh, predictable, and it clocked at 2 hours and 15 minutes, when it should be cut down to a swell 90 minutes, and still would have sucked. Maybe it isn't the virus that keeps the movie theaters. Uh, it's the mess uh, like this that is destroying the planet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, other movies that came out Last weekend, after we collide, uh, Tessa finds herself struggling with her complicated relationship with Harden. She faces a dilemma that could change their lives forever. Uh, let's see, 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. Uh, starring mm -hmm. Hero Tiffin, Josephine Langford, Dil oh, Dylan Sprouse. You know who that is? No. It's one of the twins from uh, uh, that Nickelodeon show. Uh, what? Uh, Co Zach and Cody. Oh, oh it's one of okay. the Zach. It's Zach or Cody. I'm not really sure which one. <laughs> right. Uh, coming home again. Uh, Korean drama, and it's directed by Wayne Wang, starring Justin Choin. It's based on the 1990. Five year New Yorker essay by Shang Re Li, who co wrote the screenplay. It uh, premiered as a part of the 2019 uh, Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, there are no fucking scores for the Oh, it has 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, based on nine reviews with an average of seven. Point seventy five out of ten. Uh, synchronic, synchronic. Uh, yeah. When a New Orleans paramedic and longtime best friend Steve and Dennis are called to a, a series of bizarre and gruesome accidents, they chalk it up to a mysterious new drug found at the scene. But after Dennis, Dennis's oldest daughter disappears, Steve stumbles upon a terrifying truth about the supposed psychedelic that will challenge everything he knows about reality and the flow of time itself. Wasn't there a 90s movie that was this exact thing? But it was like a headset where you could see somebody murdering yes. somebody. What was that? I can't remember what that movie was called. But uh, uh. Let's see. Starring Jamie Dorman, Anthony Mackie, Allison Longrides. Okay. Okay. 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. How's it coming out? Bang, bang! <laughs> Five reckless teens find themselves in a life or death struggle after robbing a supermarket. Directed by Nicholas Joseph Connor, uh, has 
Jordan Knapp, Nicole Fell, and Lucas Mogerly has absolutely no score. Yeah, nobody has seen this movie, apparently. Okay. Bang, bang. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go get a free trial of Audible for 30 days and get a free audiobook. Cancel the 30-day trial at any point if you don't want it. And keep the free book. It helps us out. Get you a free book. Win-win. Win. Read a book, motherfucker. Read a book. That is true. Uh, next week we will talk of news. I think maybe we will talk about the election, maybe? Kind of? Maybe? Right, next week is the election, isn't it? No? No. Yes? It is. Yes, yes. it is. Okay. It's, it's on Tuesday. <laughs> right. I, I, I so lost track of the weeks in the last two weeks. Uh, like, my brain <laughs> is totally scrambled with time in the last two weeks, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to guess that I will be even more tired because I'm going to definitely be up watching a lot of news coverage that night. Um, yeah, uh, we will talk about Vogue episode 8, the final episode of Vogue. That will be interesting. And we will also tell you what we will cover next. We will have another digital review of uh, Fatal. 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 Is it? Uh, I think maybe? it's fatal, like femme fatale. Ah, right. And then we have we'll have the main topic of Operation Gladio. What is Operation Gladio? It was a uh, Operation codename for clandestine operations of armed resistance that was planned by the Western Union and subsequently by NATO. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Corner, Jesus Christ, I have seen so much on on YouTube, it's not even funny. Uh, let's start with uh, Kenny West. Right, probably the biggest thing. I mean, last week we talked about how we thought it was going to be canceled, and somehow they figured yep. out a way to make it happen. Kanye West interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, did not, I mean... I thought it would get a lot more coverage in mainstream media here in America, but yeah. really it seemed yeah. to be blacked out from mainstream media. Uh, yeah. But the guy clearly is living in his own fantasy world. La la land. Right. Yeah. I mean, he... I, I have never heard three hours of gibberish uh, that I have had heard from Kenneth. One thing I like that Joe Rogan did in this episode was let Kanye West talk because holy fuck, fuck that man can't follow a line of thought, and it's very very clear that he's manic. It's very very clear for absolutely everybody but himself that he is out of his mind, coco crazy. I think it was and clear to me that just the way he was interacting with Joe Rogan, that he talks like this all the time, but people around him go, yep, yeah, Kanye, yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly how I feel too, you know, the yes-men situation. And so he's used to saying this kind of stuff and people saying, yep, I totally agree with you. So he doesn't think it's weird to be saying these things because he's always being told, oh, you're you're the best. Yeah, totally, I totally agree with you. Does that make sense? Mm. 
So yeah. he's he's getting he's getting this uh he's being deluded into thinking that this is normal when in actuality everybody else can see that he's acting totally out there. Uh, but it's so out there that I, I'm 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 shocked. I'm shocked that nobody fucking tells him. Like he has to have so many yes men around himself that it isn't like like Nobody tells him that he's out of his mind. Strange. I was listening to somebody talking about this. I want to say it was on the Hill. The do you watch Rising? It's like on the the Hill YouTube channel. Oh yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, they were talking about it and saying, um, you know, he he's a really really rich. If if a poor person was sitting there spouting these things. Everybody would be like, that guy needs help. We need to get him to a hospital. He needs to be medicated as soon as possible. Right. But when a billionaire yeah. says these kind of things, nobody seems to care or bat an eye. Yeah. But it, that is so sad, though. Isn't that sad? I just think it's, yeah, it's the classism of, of America is like, that's... You can be a, you can act totally out there and do all these crazy things as long as you have the money to back it up. I suppose, yeah. But I like I am I'm going to surprise you maybe by saying this, but at the end of this, I felt sorry for the guy. Oh yeah, I, definitely. I, I, I genuinely felt sorry for Connor West after the interview because it's like, well, like it, it he's uh, like. His sentence is is a little like, yeah, popcorn smells a little like earth. Uh, I love giraffes, and I have a picture of the moon on my bookcase, and I think that's was important for Donald Trump. Like this is like a sentence uh, that he. Could, well, I mean, I think the one of the things, the biggest thing, at least that I've seen people talking about, is that he he said that God has chosen him to lead the free world world is yep. what he said uh he's mm -hmm. been chosen by god to be the leader of the free world which that is beyond delusions of grandeur it is just plain delusional um and he also kind of i think uh joe rogan tried to get him to talk about running for president or whatever but he's off on this whole other thing about mm -hmm. the god and god needs to be brought back into our lives to fix the problems like if if we just have the church back in everybody's life then all the problems in the world will be fixed is kind of how he sees things so he's also coming from this very like christian delusional place where you know you know what i mean so that's adding into all of his delusion as well with this religious d delusion of like oh god's gonna save us from all this stuff um and then in, at one point he even says I'm not terrified of ever anything but God. God terrifies me, is what he said. And that's like... Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a good way of looking at the world. Yeah, and um, I thought to myself, oh, that that is uh, episode 1,554. I'm sure uh, episode 1,555 will be much more normal. Well... I was fucking wrong because guess who's back? Back again, Alex Jones. 
and the comedian Tim Dillon. Uh, holy fucking God, this is interesting. Uh, Alex Jones. Uh, Just as delusional that... as Kanye West. <laughs> Definitely, but holy fuck, Joe Rogan trying to fact check everything Alex Jones said on the uh, podcast was very, very interesting. I think he has been asked by Spotify to fact check everything Alex Jones says. I was surprised. Time... I, I, I'm surprised yeah. that Spotify even let him put. I mean, I, I'm sure he didn't double check with Spotify to say, "Hey, can I have Alex Jones on?" But I'm surprised that there wasn't any outcry by Spotify saying, "Hey, we're you know they banned other episodes of his that had Alex Jones in them uh, from right. their site." So, um, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't heard more about them being mad about it. But overall, it was an interesting show because it was very clear Tim Dillon was there to kind of be the yes man for Alex Jones to keep mm -hmm. Alex Jones on his rants, uh, which made it very interesting because you just got this stream of consciousness out of Alex Jones. By the end of it, he was just seemed like he was wasted drunk. Oh, like, he was definitely... Red nose, uh, red nose drunk, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he was, he was not sober when he came in there and they talked about that. Uh, also, they announced that they will do a special show for Election Day, and Alex Jones will be there. As well as so Kyle Kolinsky, who's like a YouTube yeah. commentator who I follow, who's very, very good. Um, so that and should Kyle be an interesting Kolinsky show. came out and said, I didn't know about this. <laughs> Kyle Kolinsky came out like, Alex Jones is going to be there? Really? Well, I think what happened is they just set it up right there as they were doing the show. So Kyle Kalinske right. had already been in talks with Joe Rogan for probably a month or months or whatever right. to do it. Yeah. And then it that got added at the last minute. But I knowing Kyle Kalinske, it's not like Alex Jones. They said Alex Jones is going to be on there for a minute. Not he's going to be on there the whole show, by the way. Like right. he's just going to pop in probably telephone, Skype or whatever. Uh, Zoom call, something like that, is my guess is what's going to happen there. And then today, he just released a podcast with um, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, Greenwald, who's the guy yeah. who released all the Snowden documents originally, and he's a huge uh, proponent of anti-Russiagate uh, yeah. hysteria. Uh, so I'm interested in hearing what he has to say about Russiagate, or if Joe even questions him about it, or what happens with that. Uh, yeah. That guy's always got interesting things to talk about. It seems like Joe Rogan is just stacking the shows lately. I think he's trying to make it as interesting as possible before he leaves YouTube so people are feel enticed yeah. to go over there. Do you, that's what I think. Um, talking about the election, uh, Epic Rap Battles of History came out with a rap, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Did you watch this? Uh, no, I never watch those. I don't even follow that channel, yeah. really. Uh, I liked it. Very much fun. I liked it very much. Very funny. I like those channel uh, ending you saw that was interesting, other than what we have talked about. Um, Boxmac uh, Halloween, Halloween special. special. Yep. Not as good as some of the previous years, but I understand why they didn't have 
I mean, because of COVID and everything, they didn't have the time yeah. to kind of put together a whole thing like they have in the past with um, Birdemic. Like, that would just not be possible uh, right. right now. Um, I like this, though. But they like did this. a parody I... of what the Great British Bake Off, basically. Yes. Instead yes. of a parody of a movie, which I found funny, but I did not find quite as funny as the other ones. But, uh, I mean, Pirate Pizza Review is also on there, which is always funny every year. Uh, mm. So go check that as well on, what, Red Cow Entertainment on YouTube? Uh, yeah, um, I I actually have watched some UFC this week, uh, because Khabib, oh, uh, ooh, uh, uh, very long, hard last name, Norma Gomardov uh, had uh, his 29-0 fight this week, and after he won, he retired. Okay. But, uh, that was... Very good fight. I haven't seen UFC uh, in so long. It's been forever since I watched any UFC. So, Yeah. Uh, his dad died, and he had promised his mom that he would quit doing it if he died. his dad wasn't there. Oh, really? Yeah. So he was like, okay, 29-0. That's a good record. 29-0. <laughs> I guess the other uh, thing on YouTube, uh, let's see, is frenemies. it two weeks? Oh yeah, I was going to talk about frenemies as well, but we only have oh. two weeks left of Unis Honest. So get re- get know. totally up to date on that if you haven't watched all the videos, or at least watch all the ones you want to watch, because it's going to be gone in two weeks. I mean, obviously people are going to re-upload, it's just going to happen, but... Right, right. But uh, Frenemies uh, had a new episode uh, with Dr. Drew... Right. That it is, was kind of an emotional episode when she broke down crying. Was, I I was like, "Whoa, I feel I feel bad for her, but I also feel like super awkward yes. for him because it was like he's put in this position where he's like, I he genuinely fe- seemed like he felt really bad and felt yes. it seemed like he really didn't know what he had done until she explained it in that episode, which was wow, pretty amazing. One of the best things I have seen in a long time. Like, I really, really, really like that. Yeah, what I like about the Frenemies podcast, as opposed to their H3 podcast, is that it's a podcast. Where the H3 right. show is like a more like a television show, because you have to sure. watch it. Where the Frenemies podcast, you can just listen to it on with headphones and not have to see the video, and it still comes... Like, everything still is uh, clear as to what's happening and everything like that, where their main show, they always play videos and stuff all the time that they don't really describe what it is or where to find it or things like that. Uh, That's a problem for a podcast. But nowadays, what is a podcast anymore, really? And what is a TV show? And what is a movie? (laughs) I don't even know what these things mean anymore because they're movie TV shows now, where it's just like it's a running series of movies, right? And there's... Uh, TV shows that are better quality than films and podcasts are n- no longer podcasts. They're videos. Everything has gone nuts, but yeah. Did you hear about the new James Bond movie? Uh, both that Netflix and Amazon had tried to buy it. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. 
Oh yeah, no, they both tried to buy it uh, from from them, and they were like, nope, we want it in the movies. If it ever gets into movies, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I have to tell. I mean, I'm I'm so bummed by this because we have talked about it before, and and I haven't talked about it, but uh, uh, my. Um, uh, Dune is now moved, and I am so 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 sad about that. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the show in the past, but yeah. did we? Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we talk a lot, so it could have been. But I'm pretty sure we talked about <laughs> it on the show. Okay, anything else? Uh, I can't really think of anything right now. Nope, I got nothing. Oh, there's a Belle Delphine interview on the Cold Ones podcast YouTube channel, by the way. Yes, I saw that. I haven't watched uh, it yet, but it's out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my name is Fro. My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Vote. 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 Goodbye, citizen. Vote.